Shut up and sit down. This is off the wall. So today, we are recording our first guests of 2022, and what a guest we have today, because we are going to be talking wow. to Yehi, a disabled teacher from Houston, Texas, who decided in December to start a TikTok channel, and by the way, that's heymiss.cp on TikTok, to show her life as a teacher living with cerebral palsy and bring awareness to people like, you know, Lance and I, who don't understand some of the struggles people with cerebral palsy have that we may take for granted. Now, that channel has already amassed about 3,600 followers. And Lance, I think our own Instagram has about 300 or so. So if (laughs) if anything, I'm just happy that uh, she wants to talk to us, you know, and that, you know, we can kind of help spread a little bit more education on this topic to our listeners who out there, you know, who may not know about this. So, yeah, you welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm uh, happy to be here. I'm very honored to have anyone listen to me. So thank you very much. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, obviously I have so many questions, but I want to start right at sure. the very beginning. So you are Korean and mm-hmm. you were born were you born in korea or or in america i was born in korea um in the capital of seoul and i was born three months premature which caused my disability cerebral palsy Mm -hmm. and then when did you move over here to america was it very young or did you go to school yeah i was really young actually my parents tried to put me into school but basically Schools took a, took one look at me and said, she's not going to be able to follow along. She's going to be too much for the teachers to handle. And they sent me to a special education school in Korea at, where I was only taught the Korean alphabet for like eight months. So my parents brought me here to America when I was six years old. My dad got a work visa for a little while, and that's how I ended up here. Um and then, you know, I was failing everything the first couple or few years of being in America. And then, but then I soon started to get on honor rolls and eventually went on to college to get a math degree. It's, I mean, I, I still can't believe when I lay it all out like that. Wow. Is now, is there a kind of like a, uh, a stigma associated with disability within the Korean culture or that, that you know of? Absolutely. Um, Korean culture, along with, um, a lot. Of, I, I mean, I can't say for everybody else, but I'm thinking, you know, Eastern Asia in general, um, they kind of think that disabled people have less value, um, less credibility, less legitimacy. Um, the reason why I say this is because I took like a creative and intelligence test when I was younger, and I can never mm-hmm. remove this memory out of my head. I did really well, and whoever administered the test told my mom that I was very creative. That I could find like the, like find details that other kids often don't find, and when a different parent heard about that, she was like, "There's no way that that your kid is smarter than mine." 
um, that test must be wrong or, you know, basically was kind of mad that I did better or uh, better than they thought than I would. And I don't know, that was a very um, traumatic experience for me as a child. Yeah. Oh, wow. I guess going, going back, like, I guess, like for me, um, maybe help uh, our, our guests kind of have some context. Uh, what sure. is uh, like cerebral palsy? Cerebral palsy is a disability that is caused from the brain. Um, I was born three months pre- premature, so I was severely underdeveloped. And basically, it's kind of like a partial paralysis for an easy way to describe it. And it affects my motor skills, my, my flexibility. Um, and it starts from your brain. It affects my nerves, which affects my muscles. And um, it's harder for me to get more limber. And, and it takes more time for me to get my muscles to get stronger. But, you know, um, I'm in the middle of the spectrum. So cerebral palsy is a whole spectrum. It could be affecting just like one foot or even a toe. You know, I don't know. And it could also be your entire body that affects um, your speech as well. And sometimes um, you could, it could affect your uh, mental intelligence. I'm not really sure how. But there's the point is is that there's a whole spectrum and I'm right in the middle, literally like half my mm. body. So okay, so half your body. So this would be just your lower body, your legs, and all that. So for, for the way that I can describe it for me personally, and this is not for anybody else, like my left foot, but my right leg, but my right arm and um, hand. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a little jigsaw for me. I'm not really sure how that happened, but you know, like for example, I don't know if y'all upload like a video of this, but um, you can see my left hand's a lot faster, but but my right hand's the reflex is a lot slower. So, um, mm-hmm. same thing. My left leg is faster than my right leg, but then I can move my right foot better than my left foot. It's very strange. I'm not. I, don't ask me how to explain the science <laughs> behind it because I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I got you. So I guess it's it, like I was going to say, um, does it have to do with the, the nervous system? But it's more or less like um, uh, more or less with like the muscles and stuff or. So or I, I my, basically the areas that I'm more affected is constantly at like a hyperflexion. So I'm more I'm always tense in those areas. Um, okay. Like, for example, my 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 natural state of my right hand is a fisted like i'm constantly like this and i have to like complete like keep reminding myself to open my open up my hand or else um it'll get like stiffer which is why i have like cracks um constantly happening on my on my right hand so um i'm constantly throughout the day thinking about oh move your right hand a little more or like oh flex your left ankle just to keep things a little bit more limber than if I were to be like totally sedentary. Right. So I guess that brings me back to the question that, that Eric had asked uh, in the beginning there. And, and you had answered that, you know, a lot of, a lot of the parents would say, Oh no, you know, you, you can't be smarter than my child is be because that the way they, they see you physically and they think that, mm-hmm. Oh, there's no way that she's, you know, smarter than, than my kid. And, yeah. and so they look at that as, as, as the disability. Right. Um, and so with that in mind, you know, I can't even imagine trying to be a teacher with a very 
visible disability, I feel like I'll probably be discredited just by being, mm -hmm. just by breathing, just by being there. And so I'm happy to be in America with all these opportunities, despite all of the flaws that we have, which we can talk about that later also. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, I that, that. that's a, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, Eric. Lance, go ahead. Okay, I, I just wanted to actually ask the quick question while you were talking about your the, the cerebral palsy there. Is, are you in pain or, 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 or not? Does it get painful? I'm not in pain, it... but some people are. Okay. Like if if it's if whichever part of their body is is um, tense enough, you know, trying to move around can be painful. Um, I used to be in a wheelchair, and because of my Asian parents, specifically my Asian dad, like he was really really big on keeping myself mobile and active like I had to do my stretches I had to do my exercises or I'd get in big trouble like my dad was big on me being mobile physically more independent and my mom was bigger on my my academic side but anyhow um I could be a lot quote-unquote worse or quote-unquote severe I'm not really sure if I should even use those words than I am right now but I chose and I kept it I decided to keep my my exercise regimen and and I've been able to move on from a wheelchair to a walker to crutches. But will I be able to move on further than that? I'm not sure. Um, there's a high chance of a no. But at least, you know, I can get around. And I have no pain. Yeah, I think that that's great. And and we've seen some of your TikTok videos as well. You know, you're doing, you're doing. Uh, at She's the, doing you're leg presses, yo. Doing, yeah, <laughs> doing, you know, leg presses. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's awesome, I think just you know keep up that energy because i love that sure. about you so yeah. i guess um yeah go ahead sorry no 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 you, you go ahead no i was just gonna say you know so do you think i guess you moved here when you're obviously at a very young age but do you think things would be different in korea uh versus here in north america with with your um with cp Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, things are a lot more accessible here, just even physically. Um, not even just, you know, the U.S. Obviously, if I was in Canada, I feel like I'd be just as good just because, you know, we have elevators and ramps everywhere. But in Korea, it's still largely not very accessible. There are steps everywhere. It's cold. It snows all the time. The, the stairs can be slick. There's not really anything that's... Um, there's no law that says it has to be accessible-friendly. So for me to get around would be harder. And then there's no ADA. I mean, there is like ADA meaning America's Disability Act. So the equivalent, I think, was enacted in 2005. Don't quote me on that. I'm not good at Korean law, but regardless, they're not good at enforcing it. So, I mean, they can still um, not hire you for being disabled or they can get have whatever prejudice they want. And no one really flinched about it. So, um, I definitely probably wouldn't be a teacher when I'm if I'm there, and I, I don't I have no idea what my life would look like if I were to be there. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd probably like even just when you were talking about the schooling, how you were just learning whatever for eight months. You probably they probably you wouldn't even have progressed in your schooling to the point where you're at now. Where you know, I believe that you had said. I mean, you're doing school right now. Like this, this mm -hmm. this wouldn't be happening in Korea. So. 
congr- I mean, America obviously has there's flaws with every country, but you know, but uh, you have definitely worked your way up to become a teacher, which I believe you had mentioned before was a very highly respected position if you were in Korea, right? Right. Absolutely. It's like one of the top three, top four. Whereas here, oh my gosh, I have too much to say. <laughs> There's so many issues here. <laughs> but regardless, that res- respect is translated from my family, even though they hear about the fallacies of it, that they're like, wow, you know. Um, even in my Korean church that I go with my mom sometimes, um, the Korean people at the church, even though they've been here too and they know about the American education system, they're, they're also like, wow. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then they can't believe that I got to that position and, and making people take, take a, do a double take is very satisfying to me. <laughs> yes, it is. It, would you say that that's one of the reasons why you went into teaching to like tell these, like, I don't know, naysayers like, hey, check this out. I think that came later, but really I have an actual story of why I became a teacher. Like I, I've been told that I can go to school, that, you know, I won't be able to follow along. So I came here um, and I was, I just happened to be really good at math, which is a stereotypical thing and whatever, (laughs) fine. But um, above from that, you know, and I like, and I love that I'm on this podcast right now with two Asian hosts, because you get it. Um, I dealt with a lot of, uh, what's it called, trauma in my life because of the Asian values and traditions. Um, but also, like, my dad had a lot of issues growing up. Um, and, you know, in Korea, it's not, like, uncommon for you to spank your kid or hit your child or whatever. And then that happened a lot, like, a lot to, to the point where I would say, there's probably some bipolar going on or something undiagnosed that he went through. And unfortunately I lived my entire childhood um, dealing with that. And um, it was because of my high school teachers that I probably stayed alive. And so knowing that I wanted to be able to um, give that same space and that same safety that school brought to me and my, and the three best teachers that I've had, I've always felt safe with and, I joined like six extracurriculars in high school just so I can stay at school till like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. because I didn't want to go home. And I can, you know, remember all the times where I stayed on this and this teacher's couch just to hang out or literally just cry with no questions, you know, and I I really resonated with that. So I wanted to provide that space for, for a future generation. To think back now, right when you said bipolar, I had a glimpse of a memory of my grandfather. He's a, we think he's bipolar. He hasn't been diagnosed to be bipolar, but his, uh, his switches happen so uh, instantly, right? At one mm-hmm. point he'll be super happy. Next thing you know, he's just, you know, super upset. Um, but, yeah. you know, I think the nowadays, and, and we're talking about this now is that, you know, mental health, you know, we're, we're finally, kind of talking more and more about the mental health of people. And, and um, you know, whereas back in the day, if you see a guy like my grandfather, a lot of times people are just like, that guy's, he's crazy, right? Like, just leave yeah. him alone. But there could have been things maybe that we could have, obviously he's like 
he's still alive. He's 92, but, um, you know, he's, he's probably gone through a lot in his life and probably could have been dealt with a little bit better if he had been diagnosed maybe, you know, so I, I can kind of see where, where, where you're coming from on that. Um, unfortunately, mental health is still like a very Western idea, like actually Mm. go actively fixing that. I mean, still in Asia, I feel like it's kind of frowned upon or it's like a people consider it as a normal thing to feel stressed out or anxious. And so oftentimes mm-hmm. for a very long time or, or even people's entire lives, it goes unchecked, you know? And um, I don't know really how it is in Korea right now, but I imagine, you know, it's much the same. I mean, I'm sure it's progressed a little bit as the, the millennials are growing up, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Socially, I think Korea is a little behind. As as technologically and economically advanced they are, I feel like there's a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. We've we've had some chats on this before on on other episodes regarding it. It's 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 bad, you know, and it, it's hard to you can't have a chat with your parents about it either. It's it's like a whole thing. Right. It's but. I mean, on, on, in your side though, it's great that you actually had some inspiration in terms of some, your high school teachers to kind of, I guess it's like you said, inspire you to become a teacher and a little bit of the, you know, the, uh, the naysayers, you know, you know, that obviously, like you sure. said, which came later, <laughs> did you, do you still keep in contact actually with, with these, uh, with your teachers, with your former teachers and tell them, Hey, I'm a teacher. Absolutely. Now too. Yeah. I'm, I'm friends with them on Facebook awesome. and, you know. I, I live like around the corner from my old high school. So sometimes I'll visit and, and have dinners. Like it's fine. It's amazing. Um, oh, that, and that's awesome. A year ago or so I tell them about like what actually was going on. Cause they didn't know about the abuse. They didn't know about all this DACA stuff. And Oh, we haven't, we didn't talk about that, but all every, everything that was going on behind the scenes, they had no idea. So to actually hear it now, they, like have flashbacks and like oh that makes sense huh. <laughs> um hold up I, there DACA? what, what sure. what's going on <laughs> oh no no keep going keep going i'll i'll then you can talk about daca <laughs> sure um there's this one this like distinct memory where i got an sat score that i didn't like that wasn't high enough and i just burst into tears i just walked to my yearbook teacher's room and just covered myself in the blanket on the couch and s- sobbed. And no one asked me anything, but you know, years al- along the line, I told wh- him what's going on. They're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but that's a very Asian thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> I'd be I, will, to my- <laughs> I, yeah. I will contest to that because I am in school right now and um, uh, you know, I got a, a pretty bad score. I won't tell you what it is, but <laughs> I was upset because I just, I think as Asians, well, maybe not as all Asians, but for myself anyways, I kept a little bit of a higher standard and yeah. obviously getting, you know, a little bit something lower than what you're expecting can, you know, be pretty stressful, right? So I think um, we we beat ourselves a little bit, but I think, you know, just looking at how you have, you know, just those are the things that kind of make us stronger and want us to, okay, I can do better next time. And so mm-hmm. those kind of hiccups kind of just make us who we are and make us stronger, right? 
Sure. And looking back, I realized like how little that actually mattered. But mm-hmm. considering my, my, my mom had put me through so many SAT prep programs, and I'd taken my SAT three times, and <laughs> oh my gosh, I just, it wasn't even that bad of a score, but it wasn't good enough, ah, you know. <laughs> SA, by the way, SATs are the, they're the entrance exams to college, right? We don't have SATs yes. over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, I don't think we have SATs here in Canada per se. Uh, we just have to have a just a good yeah. point uh, grade point average, and then you can kind of make it into the colleges and universities here. Yeah. Wow, yeah. must be nice. Luckily, Although they they must, they kind of did away with the SATs here too, so they realized how it was like super gatekeeping, and I'm like, great, cool. Mm-hmm. Like so many things that weren't cool are like either done away or now cool. Like for example. Uh, I was kind of into K-pop in high school, and I remember like other kids calling my group of friends like freaks for it. But now it's a free for all <laughs> on the radio and everything. Let's go! And then oh, cross yeah. put in when I was in high school. But now it's the cool thing, and people kids are putting little emoji charms in the Crocs, and I'm like, you know, I was just born in the wrong time. <laughs> ahead of the curve that's what you were you're just ahead way ahead curve, that's right. right no i'm just old i'm just old the <laughs> 90s thing is coming back that's why that's what it is <laughs> oh, no that's that's that's, awesome. that's pretty yeah that's pretty good um so yeah you had mentioned daca what is mm-hmm. that all about it's called a it's it stands for a deferred action childhood arrival so kids who were brought in from this year to this year and were like a minor basically brought in by their parents quote unquote out of their will um mm. were they had this program through obama the obama administration and um basically he said as long as you're going to school and or working you can get a free pass they will we will not deport you as long as you are in good standing with the law and you'll, we'll get you a work visa, and that's it. Um, so they, they won't be a permanent resident or a citizen, but at least they didn't have to be scared about being pulled over for running a stop sign or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. And, the, and the, like, I guess, so this was brought in by Obama? Because I guess yes, first, like... It was around 2012, I think. It was around like the latter half of my high school career. I remember thinking like it couldn't have been a better time that that happened um, because it was going to be really, really difficult for me to apply to colleges without that kind of thing. So I remember feeling so blessed about that. Okay, so I guess, um, so did you have a status as DACA or? Um, or... So... I, so in order for it to qualify, um, I was in everything. I was eligible for that program, but I came into the United States because my dad had a work visa, but like the company he worked for went out of business. And I don't know if you know anything about American immigration system, but getting a, a work sponsorship again is really hard. And then, mm-hmm. but I still needed to go to school. So we never left after that. I just kept going and we, were, we just we just stayed here. And so we're kind of like 
out of luck for a while. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, Obama came in and was like, don't worry, like, we got this for you. Um, so about 800,000 um, undocumented immigrants applied for that program and probably are still, you know, living in America through that. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I did not know about that. And I and I'm obviously I'm not even entirely sure if Canada has some kind of program like that either. But that's that's definitely quite interesting. So I guess when when Trump took over, did that program change? It's still it was on the fence of it ending. He he kept talking about it. It it scared mm-hmm. everybody. Um, but he yeah. just never ended up ending it. And then um, around that time, I also got married um, to someone I was dating for two and a half years, and I was able to, and and I got married, and I was able to get a green card after that. But that that was just like coincidence, that timeline. But at the same time, I'm so lucky, honestly, very lucky that that happened. Um, I I don't have to worry about DACA anymore because um, I'm permanently here now illegally and. But I do worry sometimes. Right now, we have the Biden, Biden administration, and I don't think they're going to get rid of it. But I, I don't know what it's going to be like in the future if, if it's going to keep staying, if it's still right. going to be um, valid. Wow. What an experience you've had there. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's intense. <laughs> what an experience yeah, you've I've, had. I've, like, had I, yeah. I've been in a constant state of anxiety for my entire life, pretty much, because of that. Um, and you know, going back to the, the the domestic abuse, it was because of that status I had like before DACA that like I felt like I couldn't tell anybody. I didn't want anyone to be in the know because you know I'll have CPS at my door. I could have the police. Mm-hmm. So I constantly was in fear that I'd be like the fear of being sent back was greater than me being abused at home. Like that sounds terrible, but like mm-hmm. we would talked about how I would be pretty much valued as nothing and I wouldn't have opportunity back at home and that to me that was the biggest fear so but hey I got grit like no one else that's right that's right (laughs) yeah speaking of opportunity although the opportunities here are are greater than over there obviously there's probably still some type of discrimination or something that goes on and and maybe like trying to say you're like trying to look for jobs and stuff like that. Perhaps I'm not sure if you've ever experienced that, or did you go straight from school, college to becoming a teacher? Sure. Yeah, I actually dealt with quite a bit of discrimination that wasn't outright described as that. Like no one would say it was that, but I mm-hmm. did a lot of interviews to be a teacher. Um, my friends we're all getting jobs left and right. We were all STEM majors trying to be teachers. And there was always a math teacher shortage for as long as I've known. And all my friends are getting jobs, but I'm getting all these interviews. But when I show up and get it done, I, you know, I could say my interview skills suck, but also like I was, I've, I volunteered to be a math tutor since I was 14. I worked at Kumon. I worked at Mathnasium. I was an RA, which is a resident advisor who basically is a dorm mom, basically watches over freshman students, make sure they don't die in the dorms. Um, and I student taught during my college career. And I wasn't getting any jobs. I wasn't getting any bites. 
And I don't want to say it's because of my disability, but honestly, with all of that background, mm-hmm. what can I say? You know, put, put two and two together. Um, and so it wasn't until, so because of that, I spent two years substitute teaching. And it wasn't until my last six months of substitute teaching, um, basically after I left my husband, I, I was trying to find myself and I told, I told myself that I was going to put myself into my job, into my work really hard. And so after I made that commitment, um, I got an email. This sounds like a really like million dollar mindset, blah, 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 blah. the grind, rise up, you know, like, but I'm not trying to be like that. But one day I got an email and um, one of the teachers at the school that I works, work at right now, um, she's not there anymore, but she asked if I could fill in for her maternity leave. She was having a kid and she asked for me to fill in for three months. And then after that, um, I did that pretty well. And then soon after that, that same school had a vacancy for a physics teacher who decided to be someone else at a different school. And so I, I was a physics teacher, even though I knew nothing of physics for another three months. Um, I was basically learn, uh, learning physics with them. So every single night I studied physics to teach physics the next day, whatever <laughs> I was teaching. But I, I really just tried my best. And basically the principal and the administrators figured out that I could actually do the job. So mm-hmm. yeah, basically took a six month internship, more or less at a school, me actually showing myself for them to hire me. So I had to prove myself way more than most people that I can be a teacher. Mm-hmm. How long have you been a teacher then? Since 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 you got hired, uh, this is this is my third year. It should have been my fifth year oh, because two years of substituting. But here we are. It's okay. Nice, nice. good for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, you definitely had some struggles, you know, getting there. But I mean, you you showed everybody that you can do it. You know, and so yeah. uh, just keep it up, right? And and just keep doing what you do. So I, I guess I got a couple of questions for you. What what do you think now that you're a teacher? What are some? I guess it's a two part thing, but what kind of struggles do you have as a teacher? And then what kind of struggles do you have um, being a teacher with CP? Um, my struggles is is similar to most, but right now everything is on fire in the education system here. I don't know if you heard about it. But um, because the kids have not been in a normal school year for three years due to COVID, basically Mm -hmm. their maturity and social skills are way set back. Um, My ninth graders right now, they've not been in the regular school year since sixth grade. So imagine being a school year all year, sixth grade, and all of a sudden, boom, you're in ninth grade. So I I have a few kids acting exactly like that. And it's been really hard. and but then there's still the expectation of teachers to have the kids perform at a level to pass the state exam but right now a lot of times we feel like we're dealing with behavior issues and trying to keep that managed so like that and then teaching to a standard it's been a constant whack-a-mole situation it's very exhausting um Mm -hmm. 
And then me specifically as a teacher with CP, <laughs> I actually enjoyed teaching a lot more last year as um, we all went digital because we were encouraged to not make any paper assignments and then mm. give all digital work. And for me, I hate making copies because that hurts my back due to making a hundred co uh, copies for an assignment. And oftentimes I would make two to three assignments per every time I go up there. So that was a big hassle. And then grading them, keeping them clutter. It's, uh, and then like, as much as we'd like to not think about this, um, kids do take advantage of my disability. Like they know I can't move around. So um, they take advantage of the fact maybe they'll, they might be the furthest away from me because of the class size and there's no way around it. Well, a lot of them need me to stand over them to do any work. So that's physically exhausting and draining to be honest, but I do what I need to do. Um, one thing that's really important to me at least despite all of this um effort and just energy i need a good leadership team to support what i'm doing because part of me part of my style is to make sure that socio-emotionally kids are being taken care of so I, I i keep up with them i ask about their family and their days and stuff but i also like make sure that they trust me and um, I keep up with not only them, but their parents. I make phone calls and everything like that. But paired with that, I need the leadership team to like actually give consequences. Mm -hmm. Because since I can't just like walk around and stand over the kids to be like, what are you doing? Da -da 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 -da. Like I need them to, to, to be with me and giving them consequences when I need them to act right. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I mean, leadership is definitely something that's important, right? To be able to yeah. support the staff underneath. So, yeah, the, it, that's that's a, definitely a very important thing. So when you talk about consequences, what what are you talking about? Like to to send them home with like kind of or detention or something like that? Or Well, yeah, like um, so this past year, um, we've had an entirely new leadership team all the assistant principals, all the grade level principals have left or changed positions. So like it looks entirely different from what we've had before. And uh, before this year, we've had a couple um, assistant principals who are big on tough love. Like, hey, I love you, but I'm sending you into ISS in school suspension or actually having like a tough talk with them and not just like, oh, it's okay. You know, you know what I mean? Like have actually having like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a foot down in your voice and, and, and maybe setting up a meeting with your parents or whatever, like actual consequences rather than like just talking to them for two minutes and then sending them back down to their room. It, um, so that's what I mean. But this year mm -hmm. it's mostly been, you got to be gentle with the kids, which I understand like they did, ha they have been through a lot, but mm -hmm. I don't have any backing anymore. Like I call parents so much because that's part of my style. And that's what I need to do. Um, that that's been desensitized for them. And now I, I need the support of leadership more than ever to, for them to get consequences because they don't get it at home. So they'll, so that the, they'll learn that there's, you know, they need to be accountable for their actions, but it's not happening. Now, 
my biggest consolation is knowing that I'm not the only one. I had a phone call with a teacher last night reassuring that they're all crazy everywhere. So, yay! Wonderful! <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I understand, I guess, you know, this world has come to the, the, the ways of how, you know, you gotta be gentle. We gotta be always watching out. Like we're stepping on eggshells and being careful, like, okay, you know, and, and I was listening, I can't remember where I was reading this, but even when, you know, you go to these kind of, um, athletes, like, um, where you're competing or something like that, there's like prizes. Like you still get a medal, right. even if you lose, yeah. there's a medal, you know, like we're in this kind of era now where we're like, we're so scared of kind of doing these to the kids um, that in reality, though, right? Like, I mean, I think if you mm -hmm. come out of school, you know, your boss isn't going to do that for you, right? Like you come out, right. you get a job. No one's going to be like, oh, it's okay. You, you screwed up. But, you know, it's like, no, you, you messed up. You fix it or that's mm -hmm. it. The ha next time it happens right. again, see you later. You're, you're fired, right? Yeah. So that might be something hard to swallow when they come out of school like that, right? Yeah. I mean, participation medal, like whatever. But for example, I've had a kid flip a desk and um, they went to the office and the principal just told him, don't do it again. Apo apologize to her. And then he came back. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Not, I feel like now I'm not being heard that nothing matters, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. I had to take it's... a mental health day just because I realized how much, um, I don't know, I'm in, I'm in big trouble, or we are as a school. I don't know. And I just had to step back. Yeah, for times I've definitely, I mean, I remember when I was in like grade one or something like that, and I, and I just, at that point, I was... I discovered that I was strong enough to break pencils. And then, you know, all I did was like break, like just crack two or three pencils and the oh teacher put me in detention. Oh gosh. <laughs> you, and, you, oh. I have I broken pencils all over my classroom. I don't know why. That's like, that's a boy's thing. I don't know why they want to do that. That's a ninth grade boy's it's thing. Like the karate chop. Grade nine, as you say. Grade yeah, nine. Grade, exactly. grade nine. I, I, actually, I think, I think Eric still breaks pencils today, but uh, <laughs> you know, he's just Karate he's just job. one of those guys. Yeah, he, he's just one of those guys you just don't want in your class. You know, he's, he's just just a troublemaker. Exactly. You know, if breaking you, pencils is yeah. the only thing, that's fine. I have such yeah. a huge patience um, meter that you know. But like, I literally, and I, I hear this from every teacher: like, kids just will not stop talking while they're teaching like they don't even care or or they'll they'll move the teachers will move the kids right next to them that's not matter that's just still keep going yeah there's there's like no sense of respect anymore sometimes i find like is it me or does it seem like the generations coming up are are like somewhat either less respectful and are not disciplined and than they are today because i feel like kids are getting you know worse and worse like they're getting they're doing worse things than we used to do back in the day or is it just yeah, uh, is it just me i don't know that sound that makes it sound so old because you know that happens with every generation like the boomers <laughs> have that to say about us but i have no idea what that said um i mean 
and I'm on TikTok, but I feel like that doesn't help. I feel like TikTok has changed an entire generation um, to where like their attention spans or the the length of those videos, like 15 seconds or less. And then, um, but Mm -hmm. I mean, if they're bad, that means that us millennials, our generation are not good parents. And I don't know what that says about us. what qualities of us are is affecting gen z's i don't know in that way that's you know, lance a, got that's three a... kids so you know you gotta talk to him <laughs> what are you doing lance <laughs> yeah it's uh i mean i i have three kids and and i'll tell you it's 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 definitely tough i i, I look at some other parents and mm-hmm. you know there's there's oftentimes there's um uh disagreements right on parenting and right. to be honest with you, when I look at like our society now, there's nothing really out there that goes to like, you know, try to train or, or teach you how to be a good parent. Right. There's yeah. really no rule book by that. Right. So, you know, if I go and let's say, you know, I don't do this to my kids, but let's say if I spank my child oh, right. that's, you know, <laughs> that's going to be, you know, super bad right but yeah you know at the end of the day you have to find a way to discipline them and you know timeouts or whatever but you have to give them right. uh some consequences or else you know they can go and do anything right or like you exactly. said right you get kids in there they're disrespecting you and you tell them to stop they don't they don't stop what do you do right mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. you know last semester calling parents worked a lot but again that happened so much that they're desensitized now. Like last week, um, which is one of the reasons why I had to take a mental health day. I have a classroom full of boys. Never a great idea. Um, whenever <laughs> boys are together, it's like they just want to show off to each other. It's not even about trying to look good in front of girls. There's like three girls in there. And they all, all the girls think that the boys are dumb because what are they doing? Um, and... I I had this conversation. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be calling your mom or whatever. I'm texting your mom. I'm literally on in like text spaces with, with a lot of the, the parents, and uh, mm-hmm. and they, they're like, we don't care. You do that anyway. You're like the only teacher who calls or, or texts our parents. And I'm like, is that a bad thing? Like, do you think that makes me feel bad? That's like part of my job. But one of my instructional coaches passed by my room, and he thought he was helping me. He wanted to like help me with my little speech, and this is off the wall like when he was done with his part they started clapping what he doesn't know is though that they're jerks they're actually like clapping and sarcasm as a joke mm-hmm. and not like because they were actually like touched but then mm-hmm. that guy my instructional coach smiled and walked away like he thought he did something and i'm like we're doomed we're mm, we're um okay i need a day off so I took that. Wow. I, did, I, did, I did that very, very yeah. Uh, that's like we're talking about how much we care about them, how much I care about them, and they just sarcastically just applauding. Well, um, it's okay. I'm surprised it's, that it's... there's a class of. Uh... Oh, oh no! I just wanted to say I'm surprised that you that this class only had three girls, and that seems like the racial seems to be off right there. <laughs> like the <laughs> yeah. Generation Honestly, it's class. a really small class. I, I have 14 boys and three girls, but 
they are the rowdiest, but I'll say that they are the most iconic. Like not a, not a single one of them. Like they all have their own big personalities. And if I was not a teacher, like I would have so much fun with them. But like they got things to learn, and I'm just internally screaming at all times. <laughs> it's 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 kind of funny because I've kind of had this conversation um, with 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 a parent that I I, I I won't name on this on the podcast, but basically, you know, um, and I don't know if you 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 notice this. But some parents think that, you know, oh, I don't need to teach them discipline. I don't need to teach them, you know, how to respect people because the teachers yeah. are supposed to do that. And do you feel yeah. like, you know, some of the parents have kind of thrown that into your role saying, hey, you know, you got to teach these kids. It's not my responsibility. You know, it's your responsibility. That probably happens. They some of them might think that it's our jobs to discipline them. But to be honest, like I teach majority um, first generation or immigrant children, um, majority of them are in the low income like um, bracket and almost all of them get free lunch, if not all of them. And so I don't like to make that assumption. I always assume like the best, um, give them the benefit of the doubt because the fact of the matter is majority of the parents are working and, you know, I like to think just like my parents did, they're doing their best to give their kids the best. And so that that might mean that they may or may not be at home a lot for to give the kids guidance or, or, or an adult there to care for them. So I don't blame them there. But does that happen? Mm-hmm. Probably at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking, so, yeah. speaking of that, actually, do you teach any students who are actually disabled or also have CP? Um, As of right now, I have not taught any physically disabled children. And I've been like waiting for it. I'm like, the day that happens, we're going to vibe. Like we're going to have this connection that you will never get in your life probably. But, you know, I I will say last year I had a moderately to almost severe, I like more than a little bit more, more than a little bit moderate um, autistic student and mm. she was so done in her luck like she thought that she was a failure that her teachers hated her because she was like um, a little slower at learning and you know it was a great time of me reassuring her that, that there's really nothing wrong with her and I did spend extra time with her but um, mm-hmm. it was a good time I feel like it was worth it and, um, and it was during last year of hybrid teaching and learning and she was digital too i i spent saturdays on zoom two hours every saturday with her but i don't regret any of it she she learned um and (laughs) i don't she comes back to my classroom a lot of times so she'll give me random little things and i'm I'm grateful so that's the closest thing to a, a disabled student i've had but um yeah um i welcome more and because they'll never get not never but they'll rarely get an experience that they get with me Mm -hmm. yeah for sure and with your drive oh lance what are you gonna say (laughs) i keep i keep coming (laughs) no no worries no worries i'm just i just want to say that um yeah he you are awesome like (laughs) you are just such a great person i wish that i had someone like you as a teacher that uh, you know i can just tell that you're super caring 
and you love your students and that you will provide them, you know, and you give them whatever uh, it takes to, to, you know, to, to teach them. So, you know, good on you. And, you know, that's, you're, you're awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah, literally I can, you know, when you say that, when I'll, when you say that I'll give them anything they need, like, oh my God, this one kid who I tell you, I'm telling you acts like a sixth grader when he's supposed to be in ninth grade. Oh, I don't have a pencil. All right, here's a pencil. Oh, wait, I even was two steps ahead of you because I know the fact that this one does not have an eraser, you will say something about it. So let me go get a pencil with an eraser. Oh, you don't have a charger? Okay, I got a charger. Oh, it's from my actual phone charger. It's going to be this long. Well, let me get another power strip so they can actually reach it. Like, oh, my God. If they even knew, if they could even give half the effort that I give them, they would just have AIDS because... Like, like, sure like, like before, you're thinking exactly. You're thinking steps ahead, you know, like just like the K-pop. But you're thinking steps ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but to be but honest I'm with you, definitely... I'm, not, I'm not my best this semester because of the the, the lack of support with my admin, um, with my administrative administrative leaders. Um, because I'm doing my part, but I feel like it's not working because um, I'm being not heard from not only my kids, which I'm used to not being heard by my kids because they're children, but because and then the other side, the admin side, I'm not being heard like they're not supporting me and giving them the, the um, discipline that they need. And um, like if they actually try to give them discipline and it didn't work, like fine, at least I'm being heard. But they're just giving them slaps on the wrist and then sending me back, sending them back to my class like I'm. I'm tired and yeah i hear you don't don't give up don't give up there's there's always light at the end of the tunnel um and you know you you, you can do it i i have faith in you and it, you know definitely from just what you're telling us now that you love you know these kids and you love teaching and you care a lot about them so don't don't give up on that um but yeah on a lighter note, I did want to touch on uh, TikTok because mm -hmm. I wanted to know uh, what got you into TikTok. Why, why did you decide to get onto TikTok? Well, on November, late November, um, I was really desperate to find other ways to reach my kids because, again, they're being disrupted. They won't stop talking. So there is this professional development training that said how to engage unmotivated and disruptive students and I was like oh my call <laughs> like there's one for me and so I went to this training and this guy used to be a teacher but now speaks all over the U.S. Um, you know motivating and helping teachers and, and I asked them during a lunch break how do I do what you're doing I wanted to ultimately become um, a motivational speaker like that's my, my ultimate goal um and i want to be able to travel the world and help people and he said you need to start a social media following and i said i'm not doing that i want to do that and he said then how are people going to know your stuff how are people going to know your style and what you have to say and i'm like crap you're right so he was like okay start a facebook account instagram um and twitter i did none of those and I went straight to TikTok. Um, I think it might be because he's older that he didn't even suggest the last one or who knows. But yeah, um, yeah. within like a month and a half, I got to like 3,000 followers. Um, 
and it's been incredible. The only downside is, is um, more than any other platform, I feel like TikTok puts you in a niche, like really heavily so. So I started with teacher content, positivity, inspiration, motivation, you know, and accessibility stuff. So recently I've been, you know, putting my truth about what teaching is like out there. Like it's not always rainbows. Most of the time it's actually not positive. Like it's, it's a struggle. I put my, you know, truth out there and people don't actually want to hear it because I've put all this positive content down that all of a sudden I want to be like negative, even though I'm being honest. So, so I'm dealing with that right now, which is interesting, but um, I don't know. Regardless, I'm putting my content out and seeing what happens and it seems to be doing all right. I mean, I think it's doing more than all right. I mean, you accumulated yeah. quite a large following and I mean, your videos are entertaining. They're, they're funny. Some, you know, I was just even browsing your TikTok today. You know, sometimes the, there's all, there's so many levels of emotion that go through me when I watch your stuff, you know, it's just, yeah. sometimes you, I, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I laugh, but then sometimes I, I like, there are certain videos where you're putting in like, you know, the, that one video where you're saying like Ford is not releasing their car anymore. The access, like the car yeah, that's they discontinued accessible. Their that, Ford like, Fusion. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, I was angry with you. And, and there's like other <laughs> stuff where you're educational and I'm like, I'm being educated. There's, there's a lot of things on your TikTok channel, which are great. And I think a lot of people that, like I said, they don't, they don't understand certain certain things like just what you were saying with the ford like that's not something that me and lance would would think about right when we're like yeah when purchasing a car and all that but for you there are certain there's certain things that that for you like even when you said you went to the gym and you're comparing between the old step machine and the new step machine how right some are better has better accessibility the older ones versus the mm -hmm. newer ones right right so i thought that was very very educating so i yeah. enjoy your tiktok channel and thank you um i just noticed that there wasn't that content out there like i watch quite a bit of people who have cp and other disabilities and i realized like there's a big gap or hole and I was like, all right, well, there's a market for me. So um, mm -hmm. that's where like I, I got wonder, a lot of those ideas. Yeah, like I wonder what are some of the everyday kind of things that you kind of have to deal with that maybe me and Lance take for granted sometimes. Like when we, like, for example, just like on a regular day, like sometimes, you know, when we're late for work, we just get up, run out the door in five minutes. But obviously that's, not something that you can do, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, things take a little longer, of course, and I have to put like braces on and stuff. But I mean, the most, I guess, clickbait or entertaining bits that are different from other people's is that often I'll go out in public and people will ask if they can pray for me, um, to, for God to heal my disability in a way that's incurable and permanent. Uh, which is very awkward right. um, mm -hmm. and things like that. When I was buying my Ford Fusion, it was incredible. Like unbelievable. My The first time I went to a car dealership for it. <laughs> well, first of all, um, they didn't tell me that they actually didn't have the car anymore. 
And then they saw me and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. But it was actually like a strategy to try to get me to buy a bigger car. But what they don't know is that I specifically chose this. I didn't even choose it. I put all the features in that I needed. And that was the only one that came up. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't understand. They're trying to sell me a Ford Explorer, which I could get into, but I can't comfortably. They're like, but this is a great car. To do. Bro, get out of my face. Like, are you serious? <laughs> it's like, so what kind of uh, like accessibilities did the Ford Fusion have? Okay, so there's um, blind spot sensors. There's parking sensors. So that that's good for people who can't like move their torsos very well. Um, mm-hmm. And there's backup camera, which is pretty standard though. Um, I personally wanted Android Auto, so I don't have to pay extra for GPS, but that's like kind of a personal thing. Um, But even just putting those four was like, it limits a lot. And then apparently having electric seats, like power seats that move instead of you having to adjust it manually is not common, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know. I thought that wasn't in every car, apparently not. So, I mean, of course, if you pay enough money, you can get all those features with most things, but also affordability is accessibility like people don't think of the fact that getting car modifications is a lot of money like it costed me over three thousand dollars to get my car modified so on top of buying that car i have to pay an extra three thousand dollars and then for me to even learn how to drive for disabled people to learn how to drive it costs like 160 dollars an hour and I needed 30 of those. It cost me like $5,000 for me to even what? get my driver's license. Yeah. Wow. 30 sessions of $160 each. Home. Oh, mm-hmm. That's expensive. Yeah. Wow. Now, and... that could be, um, that could be, you could get assess- assistance with that through like Texas Workforce Commissions, which is like basically where you get your disability checks and your your work comp place it's like a federally funded entity but because no. i'm trying to become a citizen i can't even take advantage of that because it's federally funded and i cannot become a, a citizen with more ease if i were to go through a government program oh. like okay it was crazy. I, I almost you... even signed up for that program to get assistance with trying to get my driver's license and learning how to drive. But my lawyer was like, don't, don't do it. It might hinder you from getting your citizenship eventually because you're considered a public charge to American citizens because they're taxpayers, even though I also pay taxes as a teacher. Right. System is, it seems like the system's kind of built against against yeah. uh yeah against you it's like that catch 22 yeah yeah that, i'm just blown out of my mind though on the, on the cost of just le- learning how to drive like like mm-hmm. how much i don't know how much it costs i mean i mean i failed my driver's test like two times or three <laughs> times but like that's my fault <laughs> so that's just that's just me paying <laughs> extra money because I was dumb. <laughs> right. But, uh, and I right. mean, for me too, I, I, I could have done less hours of driving um, for, for the training, but it just took me that long to get comfortable. But regardless, it was $160 an hour anyway. So yeah. mm-hmm. it was a minimum of 10 hours. It's still over $1,000. It's almost $2,000. Um, 
yeah that's that seems like quite a bit i mean on 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 average is uh, how much does it cost to like you know for for someone that doesn't have cp would they be spending less time to to, uh, to, you to don't get even, training if you're an adult you don't even need training like this for teenagers maybe it costs two hundred dollars maybe a lot yeah. even less yeah depending on like, where oh. you do it from yeah so it, wow so, again access uh affordability is accessibility so like if if I hate when people call it. So in, a, in my other video where I talked about like how my car buying experience was, some user was saying, oh, so from my understanding, you're wanting all these premium features at a low cost. Um, yes, but also like, it's not premium to everybody. It's not like a want. It's not like just, oh, I want this, you know? It's a need. So it's not a premium feature. It's just a thing that companies usually just jack up the price for because they want to consider it a premium feature. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I just feel, yeah, I just feel like there's no programs really out there. Like, shouldn't they, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a, a part of a car manufacturer or whatever, but I mean, maybe, maybe these manufacturers just start to think about possibly giving some more incentives, right. For people that, um, are looking to buy a car that maybe have a disability that will have to do some alterations to it, you know, and, yeah. you know, to, to get that accessibility, like you say, right. Like not having to be punished because it's not like, you know, um, you, you're a person looking just to say, Oh, I just want the, you know, the nicest gadget. These technologies right. actually are helping you. Right. Yeah. When you drive uh, a lot of companies do offer like a thousand dollar rebate or whatever, but that isn't, I mean, like I'm grateful for it. I'll take it. But mm -hmm. usually the cost it takes to have all those features for any, for a, a, a regular car that's not Ford um, costs extra money and, you know, modifications, like I said, and like learning it, like thousand dollars is great, but can it, can we just normalize it, please? Can it not, can it not be this whole thing? Thank you very much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does seem like there is still there's there's still some work needed. Would would you say that like absolutely in gen in would you say that in general like say you know when you're walking into like public spaces and all that stuff, most of these spaces are have been kind of modified in a way to help, or do you still find it difficult? And what m maybe should be improving for? Like, and this could be just any public spaces, like, you know, just going to the malls and stuff like that. Do you find that it's, it's okay or what, what can be improved? It's most of it's okay. I mean, it's really fine for me, but at the same time, I'm in the, again, the middle of the CP spectrum. Um, also growing up, uh, part of my dad's thing was to never let me up a ramp or, or, or um, if we had time okay. to go up the stairs, he won't let me go up the elevator. So I've been trained to have this kind of ableist mindset that I don't want to go up these um, easier things, right? So uh, I don't know if I'm the perfect person to ask. For me, it's fine, but I can see how someone who might not have the same um, physical ability or maybe be in a wheelchair might have some issues. 
I think it's great that your dad made you walk, you know, because otherwise you would have been reliant on the wheelchair for who knows how long. So the fact that you're, Mm -hmm. you're walking, you know, you're, you're, you're going to the gym. I mean, just when I saw that video, (laughs) you just doing those leg presses. I was like, what? (laughs) Doing them leg presses. That is awesome. So I think that that's really. I mean, I've learned a lot from my dad for (laughs) sure. Yeah. Like, man. And I'm learning a lot from you, for sure. <laughs> so, like... I mean, aside from all the trauma good. that I was given, that was the... I, I, it, it would have been ideal to not have that trauma, but I've learned a lot of discipline from it for, and, and ambition. And I have a little bit of an impulsive personality as well, which is what got me to start the TikTok. So, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. we learn, we give, and we get. <laughs> And, you know, you saying that you starting that channel with the TikTok and your ultimate goal, you wanting to be a motivational speaker. Are there any, say, influences or, you know, maybe are there any people that you kind of talked or listened to uh, via podcast or something like that, that are sharing their similar journey like you that you want to aspire to? Um my specific journey you know like but well i know so zach anner he is basically like as of right now the cp spokesperson and he's helped mm-hmm. um write an abc show about um a boy who was on in a wheelchair i forgot what the exact uh name of it is but he's grown to prominence and like it's really inspiring to watch him there's this guy who is, I think, Australian with no legs or arms, and he's going around doing motivational uh, speeches as well and helping people feel, you know, not hopeless. And uh, and then I've read uh, Yunmi Park's book on escaping North Korea, and now she also does um, public speaking. She has a YouTube channel. She does most of her work there, but she was able to, you know, land speaking gigs and... I don't know, something about that really, really speaks to me. And um, I've well, always wanted to have a good influence and inspire people to be better. That's part, that's a great reason why I'm a teacher. But I've wanted mm-hmm. to have like a bigger sphere, sphere of impact. Um, because I know that my story is rare. And just by telling people my story, they've been told, they've, I've been told a lot that, you know, um, I inspire them and that it, it makes them want to think about their future and they, what they want to do. So and that motivates me. Yeah. I mean, considering that you are female, ethnic minority with a disability, I mean, and the amount of roadblocks just in your life that you had to go through and overcome to be in the position where you right. are today and still have that you have that drive, that ambition, you know, going to school, having influences in, in high school, going to college, being a teacher. And did you say that you were doing grad school or something like that as well? Or Yes, but right now with the yeah. state of how my school is, um, I put a pause on that because part of my program or majority of it for this semester would have been implementing things and telling other teachers like this new strategy to do. And everyone's kind of mm-hmm. drowning and in chaos and not like, you know, wanting to add extra things. So 
for their mental health and mine. I decided to pause on that, but yes, I'll be continuing it um, hopefully next semester. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that it's okay. You're going to be a millionaire through TikTok anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you know, grow, <laughs> grow in the TikTok channel and striving to be a motivational speaker. I mean, you got these things that you want to, achieve and you got these goals that you that you want to set and i have to say that that is super inspirational and i hope that anybody who's listening to this who regardless if they have a disability or not like they 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 can hear this and they and their they whatever the goals that they want to do they can they can go and do them you know so yeah that's i don't know that's that's awesome like like i'm I don't. Even, I don't go to the gym. I, I, don't, I should. I should. I should go to the gym. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've had a few people say that. That oh, watching your videos makes me want to uh, go to the gym. I'm like, great, good. But also, like, don't, try not to compare yourself. You're doing fine. I'm. Story. Sorry. You go. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Tell me your story. Um. Well, I, there's been one time when I was so when I was in my most fit time of my life not so much anymore but uh, like a few years ago i decided that i'm gonna have to find abs gave myself a challenge and i did that so i was super fit um and i was on the stairmasters and um at my best physical state i was able to do 98 steps per minute and it was so funny because right next to it, me there was a girl who was like i can sense it like oh she could do that i could do that yeah, she had to get off. She had to get off the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, nah. <laughs> That's well, that is awesome. <laughs> satisfaction. Yeah, for right. sure. I, I can't do it I, anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I put that out there that I'm not, I can't do that right now. I can I can give myself the challenge again, maybe in the summer, and we'll check back. But as of right now, yeah, I've been busy. But I I'll hold on to that little moment for the rest of my life as long as I don't get Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure you're going to be able to do it because it just looks like once, you know, you put your mind to it, there's nothing stopping you. And, you know, we can see it, you know, you got already, you know, 3000 followers on your TikTok, and you're going to grad school, you're doing a bunch of things. I mean, you're, there's, I, I don't think there's anything that could stop you. That's why you're such a big in- inspiration because I see that. I'm like, that's it. I can go out there. I'm going to go and try to get some abs too. Probably, <laughs> probably not going to happen for me. <laughs> I really want to make sure that I say Whoa. this too, though. Like, please. I mean, I function on anxiety, but it is not sustainable. Um, and like, meet with me feeling not supported at my work. And then like, I went too hard last semester, going to the gym, um, doing grad school, getting a 4.0 at that, and for uh, trying to do my absolute best at work, not feeling deflated or defeated yet. And I had absolutely no time for myself. When I said, this is fine, this is fine, this is fine, I'm still in my 20s, but I'm, I'm paying for it now, like mentally. Oh my God. So please, yeah. as inspired as you are, like take a break and do things you like. I don't even know what my hobbies are. To be honest with you, so um, don't don't be completely like me or really at all. I would say don't be like me at all because I have so many voices in here. Oh my god! 
Oh, also find a therapist to get help. <laughs> so no, so I, I, I think as glamorous as things might look, you know, like yeah, there I I'm still a human. For sure, for sure. I think yeah. I mean, that's it. You bring up an important point is that you know, for anybody, you know, there's always the limits, and you know, you you got to make sure that you're you're mentally and physically, you know, good as well, right? I mean, you could be physically good, but if you're not mentally good, that's that's definitely, you know, not a good state to be in, right? So, yeah, that's that's well said. I mean, yeah, you can do anything, but make sure that, you know, you're not you're not going to be paying for it <laughs> somehow, right? I mean, yeah. so yeah, I I agree with you. For sure. Um, for sure. But one of the other things that I strive also on, you know, blowing people's expectations out of the water. And uh, one thing that did help me in my life at not being prayed at so much is um, whenever I wear shorts, I notice that, like, people look at me like I need help less. And so, like, I, whenever I'm wearing shorts, short, I have tattoos all over my legs. I'm never prayed for whenever I'm wearing shorts and showing my tattoos. I remember last time when I when we did the meet and greet. I want to know your tattoos and what they mean and what they signify sure. to you. Okay. Um. So, um, do I have to show them? Like, I don't. I don't know. I'll have to like take my. No, you don't have to. No, you don't have to show it. No, no, no. You don't have to do but that. I, Just uh, say this. Oh, okay. Well, uh, most of my tattoos are on my legs, and they all mean something. Um, I, the thing that I've kept consistent with my tattoos is that I keep them symmetrical and one piece always has another like partner one, but, um, I have a tattoo with a girl with, um, a, a, a wolf headdress and another one with a, a sheep headdress to, uh, represent like my dad's, like, I don't want to say, um, fierce, but. He's very just bold and uh, he'll always take chances. And but then my mom is very docile and kind of um, soft-spoken, a little hesitant. And so, um, you know, I always have that to show me where I came from. I used to be really shy myself. I was so shy of the fact that, like, I always thought of myself when I was growing up, when I was really little, that I'm a burden because of my disability and I was chronically ill when I was a child for some reason I had really bad asthma but as soon as I came to America the asthma went away so I was always thinking even as a little kid that I am just a burden to everybody around me so I didn't even talk for the most part like uh, even saying please and thank you made me really terrified so I was really shy but all of a sudden I don't know as I grew up I became more extroverted and started caring less and less over time. And here I am. Um, but my biggest, my most in influential tattoo for me is I have do good digrate across uh, the top of my thighs as like kind of like a title piece to my whole body. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what I live by. Funny thing is it's a meme. Um, <laughs> from youtube this nine-year-old you can look it up on youtube do good die great 
and you'll see like yeah. this kid on VR um, playing with strangers. <laughs> and this YouTuber was like, what was one thing you'd like to say to people in the world? And he says, if people hate you, don't hate them. Do good, die great. And I was like, that's so, huh. And then I got it tattooed. I'm so that's dumb. Awesome. And then you got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's I think that's a good uh, you know good phrase to go by. Yeah, uh, once once I divorced my husband, or not divorced, but left him, um, and I was trying to find myself. And when I committed to my work, that's what I decided to get, um, because that's what helped me get through a lot quicker too, and, and achieve goals a lot faster. To not care about about the trivial things or being lovable or being enough for somebody, but just really care about only doing well for yourself and doing well for yourself enough to do good for others, and that's no, that's awesome. That's it. That's, made, that's, what that's, I, made, that's made life a lot easier for me. <laughs> the two women with the headdresses. That's awesome. I kind of want that right now. Like. I'm not even lying. I'm, I'm, I might just make a call. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is really awesome. So they, they're facing I, each I like other. The they're on either thighs and they, they're looking yeah. at each other. And, um, the funny thing is the face, the facial expression on the, the one with the sheep looks a bit more like, um, I don't know, proud, but then mm -hmm. the one with the wool, he, she looks more tired. And uh, I think that's pretty symbolic as well. Like every little detail I've, I've told my artist and he's yeah. done a great job. I mean, I saw them, they look cool, but I, until you right now told me about the significance of them, then I'm like, oh, now I got to go back and <laughs> relook at this because now I'm looking right. at it with a different state of mind now. And then um, what was the Amy Winehouse tattoo that, that you mentioned too? The Amy Winehouse tattoo is one of my favorite songs. It's called uh, My Tears Dry On Their Own. But not only that, but obviously I've been through a lot. Like, <laughs> and I didn't say this directly in the pot in our meat of the podcast, but growing up, I come, I've come home to broken TVs and computers and broken glass, broken mirrors because of my dad. He got so angry really quickly, like switched sometimes. He's taken mirrors to things like, uh, not, no, sorry, mirrors hammers and just slams them on things before and that's what i've come home to oftentimes um and my parents always fought over their parenting style they, they never agree with each other like i said my my dad more focused on my physical independence my mom focused on my mental and intel intelligence um and uh because of that i struggled a lot and i've had depression i I didn't think that I would live to 18 because I just didn't want to be here anymore dealing with those things. So, um, but you know, I'm still alive here. There, there's this book that I'm writing right now. It's called, it's going to be called, um, the secret wallet. But as I was growing up, ever since I was like six, seven years old, ever since I came here, I've saved up coins. I've saved up dollars. I've saved up every single allowance I had in fear that I might need to run away from home because of all those situations I came home to. And so I, at a certain point when I was like 13, I told myself, you know what, I'm not going to let myself live a day after 18 because this is, this is not it. I've watched my 
uh, one of my earliest memories is um, my mom having a bloody face because my, I don't know. I don't know what my dad was angry about or or when I was in middle school in eighth grade. Like, you know, what, you'll have to read the book. That's it's just too much at the moment. But anyway, I'm still here. Yeah. And I, I ended up um, saving up like fifteen hundred dollars. And I put that in a savings account. <laughs> and right now, I have a retirement account of $27,000. Partially because of that wallet. Um, but also, I've been just saving up money throughout my paychecks as a regular thing. But if it weren't for that skill, that budgeting and saving skill that I learned growing up, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't have the sense to do that as a 20-something-year-old. Most of my 20-something friends... They don't have a savings account. You know, they spend every single dollar they have. So, um, yeah. you know, for, for every single thing, every single darkness that I've been through, there has been a light. There has been um, an even greater lesson that I've learned that paid dividends later on. So yeah. mm -hmm. um, no matter what, my tears dry um, with time. Um, I still have scars, but... I come back stronger every time. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, that is super amazing. I mean, you are super strong, super amazing. I mean, I couldn't even imagine the things that you've been through. Um, but you know, that's you're you're here and you're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, and I say all that with with a lot of love. I, I have a I, I have a lot of love for my dad like he's he's had a lot of issues but I understand them like growing as an adult now like I get it and he left when I was 16 and at the time when I was a teenager I did not process it and I thought myself at, like I thought that I was not lovable because I can't even have my dad stay with me you know like but thinking about it now as I approach my 30s um, I'm, th I'm realizing that he did that for us he did that for me and he did that for his peace, his mental um, health and also mine. Um, he's in the islands right now of Korea, just kind of chilling. He's working and stuff like that, saving money, but he's making sure that he doesn't, he, he stays peaceful and doesn't hurt anybody. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm grateful for that realization because without having that, I was still being a lot of pain doing dumb things and looking for love in wrong places so yeah did you have any when during your particular rough patches did you have any besides the fact that you mentioned you were in high school you were going you were staying in school longer and you were you know just crying it out and stuff did you have other support groups or other things that you could go to no i had my friends um, and even my friends knew kind of nothing. Um, I, I went to a pretty like well-off school, like they weren't rich, but I went to a charter school, a magnet school for a bunch of nerds. Um, so oh, okay. it, it wasn't like I, my parents had to pay for anything, but the point was, uh, you know, statistically, if you're doing well at school and you're excelling, you probably have a stable life at home. And, um, most of my friends that I surrounded myself with, they were top 10 percenters of my class. So they were, you know, mm -hmm. all able to focus on studies and, and majority of my friends had good parents or, or, or chill parents, chill in the sense that like, 
none of that stuff I described was happening at home, you know, and so I didn't have, they, they couldn't understand my struggles, but at least had, you know, a lot of time to hang out with them. And, but majority of my, um, my help, my mental health help at that time were, were my teachers. Um, my, <laughs> my yearbook teacher never went home. He was always just like at work grading or, you know, yearbook is a big commitment. So he'll, he'll work on the yearbook himself. And so like, but there's nothing weird. We're always like a distance away. That was a big room. But um, I was on him. I, I'd probably be in a different spot or not be at a spot. I don't know. So, but yeah, I didn't have any help growing up, um, especially because my parents or my mom didn't believe in like therapy because everyone is struggling. You know, we just we just had to deal with it. That's the typical Asian parents mentality of our like the former generation and all that but i mean the fact that your closest friends there are you know they made it but the fact that you were in a different position than them but you still made it anyway so like that just shows how much how strong you were well you know you also like the people you surround yourself with is really important like you kind of yeah level yourself with them as well um and i always teach my kids this too whenever we're learning about parabolas graphs that go like this usually you're in the middle of a group of kids who are similar to you so make sure your group of kids you're, you're around or at a spot where you want to be because you're probably going to be just like them or just about yeah rarely are you going to be super rich but then you're uh but then you have a really poor friend or you're going to be poor and you have a super rich friend. That's like, it happens, but it's rare. Statistically, it's not what happens. So make sure that your right. circle of influence is in that bell curve where you're hopefully in the center of, you know. I can definitely see that A, there was a lot of thought in your tattoos and B, I need to listen to that Amy Winehouse song. <laughs> which mm-hmm. <laughs> because i haven't I heard mean, of that song so i'm definitely noticing that that song is about a man romantically like it's kind of almost irrelevant but still the message is there that like her tears dry mm-hmm. on their own but mm-hmm. it's about a guy who left her which i cannot identify with in that kind of way <laughs> like romantically but regardless you know those yeah. stuck with me. Well, I just want to say thank you again for coming, like agreeing to come on to our podcast to share your story with us. It was a, very inspirational and very educational. And you know, besides that, it makes me want to go back to the gym too. So, I mean, that's already that's already <laughs> that's already huge right there. So, I think the hardest part is just getting there, getting 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 to the gym. So just just go to the gym and then do some stuff and leave. You know, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that your words for our listeners, it's it's going to be awesome. It's the beginning of the year. It's the time to set some goals. You've already achieved so much. It's time for our listeners to start getting to that stage as well, too. So, like, yeah, thank you again for coming on and sharing your story with us. It was it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, thank absolutely. you for allowing me I, to share my story. Yeah, no, keep keep doing it. 
you are awesome and yeah and make sure you take care of your mental health as well um you know because i you're, you're doing a lot but you gotta take care of you gotta take care of number one right and that's yourself so definitely take care of yourself and thank you for being on our show you know it's been great i i think the listeners will appreciate your stories um and yeah just keep doing what you're doing um that's my last thing i'll say and i like to end this and end every podcast i guess in this way um uh you don't need to have a kid to leave a legacy behind you can always leave your own legacy you can always be a legend in your own way and so no matter what try to leave people better than how you met them and um it takes nothing to leave something positive behind so uh make your mark be a legend do good and die great your story's made a mark on me for sure like and your tiktok videos by the way they've left multiple marks on me for sure <laughs> so, all right thanks